um, there's a lender that an agent, a person that I'm close with really tried to push me to use their business. Really, really pushed me. And I just knew our personalities weren't mm-hmm. a match. They're just not. And that's okay. And that's okay. I mean, they may and do great for other people, but right. we're not going to work well together. Right. And a lot of it is personality between lender and agent. Like, we have to be able mm-hmm. to get along. We just do. Well, and generally, for like me and you, our clients hire us for a certain reason. So right. they understand our personality. It's not like, hey, you this know, is not my agent's just trying to be difficult. It, it isn't that. Like, no. I would be more than happy to not talk to you from the time I give you the contract till the day we close. Yeah. If I know that you're on it, you're doing your job, I don't need to call and be in your business three no, days a week. Chances are that lender is also calling me and saying, hey, this is the yeah. update. Like, that's yeah. just because that's who we are. Mm-hmm. But this lender, um, I, you know, was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to snowball this. Right. I'm going to I'm going to give you a. Uh, I'm going to give you a, like, easy one, right? Like, mm-hmm. here you go. Yeah. Like, attorneys, very financially set, perfect credit scores, like, <laughs> yeah, right? And so this was when rates were starting to rise, and it was it was an interesting time. So they did a first and second lien. Mm-hmm. And to it worked out in their payment that that was what made the most sense. So, um, again – Attorney, so very type A, very, very on their stuff. Very like, you put that in writing, that's gold. Like, attorneys that took away real estate licenses from people because of... Your favorite kind to work with, because it's not intimidating at all that they could potentially take away your livelihood if you F up. Right. No problem. No, it's all fine. So we get to, we're getting closer to close, and... um. I'm, I don't want to have to chase you. If my client is coming to me asking me loan questions and asking me things that I, as the agent, wouldn't know, like, what are my closing costs? Mm -hmm. Like, closing disclosures are confidential between the lender and the borrower. I don't necessarily see them unless you forward them to me. Or at closing, I will see them. But other than that, that is between you and your lender. So... She's asking me, what are my closing costs? I haven't heard from them. I don't know this. I don't know that. And I'm getting, I'm get like my level of irritation is starting right. to like climb, right? So I get to his, I get to this person's assistant or backup person. They had a few answers for me. They were not this, they were not jiving with what she had and what she had in writing from this mm-hmm. loan officer. So long story short, we get to closing and closing costs were supposed to be like something like $10,000. Closing costs end up being $55,000. Yeah, that's not a minor jump. Mm-mm. Nope, sure isn't. And closing disclosures have to be given three. We know that's true, right. right? Have to be given three days before. However, there can be changes made to it. <laughs> and it's a first and second lien. So closing disclosure went out for first lien. Closing disclosure did not go out for second lien. Trid went by first. Mm-hmm. So had no the second lien is what had so much closing costs attached to it. So thank God they're very financially stable. They really wanted this house. And they they did end up moving forward because they they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like their house but I your saw, client should never be in that kind of no. situation to have to make that call. And so when we got closer to closing, I became what, 
like I became that very like short professional like person like give me this update you are not giving me straight answers this is what you Mm -hmm. said why did you say that I need to understand so I can explain it because they no longer want to speak to you Mm -hmm. period I have that in text she does not want to speak to you she does not trust you so you now have to deal with me you're welcome yeah like congratulations congratulations yeah you picked the worst way like, possible a hundred percent so then i because i'm now pissed off also now because <laughs> because this is an extremely good client yeah and they trust me beyond belief so you and your complete disaster mm-hmm. is a reflection on me thank you for that mm-hmm. this is fantastic right and so i am in the truck with the person that was like pushing me to use this person for business and he calls And he goes, don't say anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. So he says, don't say anything. So I don't. And all he does is complain about how much of a bitch I am, how mean I am to him, and how I'm so demanding. And he was like, look, Kate's very type A. And if you mess up, admit to it and figure out how to fix it and he was like well I I wiped all of my loan origination fees and in the back of my head I'm like oh slow clap for that one my friend yeah, you're not you getting it up that bad you, you're not getting you did paid. the bare minimum to make it right yeah, like, like awesome like you're giving them as many discount points as you can and you're not getting paid on this loan like slow clap my friend because you did the right thing like I'm not gonna feel bad for you Mm -hmm. like don't come to me and don't complain to somebody else because you don't like my attitude towards you because you messed up you refuse to admit it Mm -hmm. and then you think you've moved all these mountains to make this better for them no so their closing costs went from being 55 grand to like 35 or 45 or something grand so did come down but you're still asking this person yeah, to come for up. Yeah, triple what you said it was going to be. Right. It's like, and you want to get mad at me because you think I'm being a meanie poo to you? Like, yeah, no, like, friend, if I mess up, I like, I will fess up and be like, I messed up. Mm-hmm. My bad. And that's the thing. I mean, like, every affiliate, lender, title, agent goes through shit that you don't see. Oh, yeah. We all have bad days. There's always going to be, there's never, I've never met an agent who's never messed up. Yeah. And had to pay for it, whether We're it's human. a refrigerator or whatever, We're percentage human. off commission, whatever it is. But generally speaking, if you let me know when it starts to be a problem or when things start to get a little bit wonky or like, hey, I'm going through this in my personal life. So if I'm not as communicative, Like, just bear with me a little bit. I will give you so much grace and latitude. Mm -hmm. But if you screw up for my client and you don't take accountability for it, I will be the biggest bitch you've ever worked with in your life. Because you've just shown me that not only do you respect me, not respect me, you don't respect the client that we're both here trying to serve. Right. So if you don't respect the client, I don't need to show you an ounce of respect from no. here on out. Like you weren't honest with me about whatever your situation was 
or, you know, whatever the problem was so that I could help you fix it. Like I'm, I'm a fixer. Yeah. So if there's a problem, like, Hey, let, give me a heads up. Like this could, it's not a major problem yet, but it has the potential to be, you know, let's, let's work out a session to where we can come up with some ideas on fixes. Perfect. Yeah. Like I am your girl for that and I will respect you so much. Yeah. But the lack of accountability drives me crazy because at the end of the day, the buck stops with me. Mm -hmm. I'm their agent that was supposed to move heaven and earth to get this done. I likely am the one who recommended this lender or whatever, or, you know, inspection company, title company, whatever. So when you mess up at the end of the day, they're not going to remember ABCD inspection company. They'll remember me. Mm-hmm. is the agent who recommended the worst people in the world and made their entire yep. experience awful. Yep. And, you know, I see that person in, you know, professional settings now. And, like, you know, I will say hi. I will be cordial. I don't think as a person that person is a bad person. Do I think that I will ever do business with that person? A hundred percent no. No. A hundred percent no. And, I mean, honestly, it's just a, it, at that point, it's toxic both ways, right? Like, he doesn't want to do any business with me. He doesn't ask for my business anymore. He doesn't contact me. He right. doesn't send me mailers. Like, there's none of that. And right. so, and I respect that. Like, we just, we know, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anything we said. I like him as a person. I think, you know, he's a good, I don't think he's a bad person. I just, we're not going to jive. We're not and, compatible. And so, I, you know, and I kind of told him that. I voiced that to him in the beginning. Like, I don't think that, I, it's not that I don't, think that you can do loans it's just that I don't think that we're compatible and this showed it we Mm -hmm. just aren't compatible and one of my agents has a friend that's a lender who wants you know wanted my business and I heard him speak on the phone to my agent and I literally said there's not a chance in hell Mm -hmm. I said if he can't I know you guys are friends but if he can't if he can't speak professionally and he's going to bro it up with you on the phone, there's zero chance in hell. Zero. Right. Like, one of the lenders that I use very often, she is, like, a very calming personality to me. I actually talked to her the, like, entire way here. Um, mainly Because also, you needed to be calmed down? Uh, calm down and, like, awake. Oh. Um, but just... You know, it was uh, my anxiety was high this morning. I had a rough night with a kid. Like my anxiety was high, and um, she's very calming and whatever. And so we're just we're just talking about all sorts of stuff. But like I know at the end of the day, like she handles stuff. She mm-hmm. also moves heaven and earth to make things happen, and our personalities jive in that way. And so that's what makes the most sense. And I know I can call her even if this borrower's with somebody else and ask her a question. And there's no like. Or you can flip it. Right. Like, yeah. It's just, I... Because we don't always have the option. No. Every now and then the buyer has somebody through a connection that they want to use. And it, I will say that almost always when that's the case, the transaction is a shit show. Like, generally, it's their, you know, brother's girlfriend's aunt or something that is a lender and has been doing loans for 73 years or something and oh, by the way, she's got dementia, apparently. Like, it's always some, like, weird situation, you know, that where they have their own person. Kind of like when they have their own title company that they want to use. You're like, oh, goodness. Okay, here we go. Unless it's, like, a super, super, super seasoned buyer and stuff like that. I'm like, 
you know, I always get worried when it's like, oh, well, I went on the Internet and I got approved by, you know, first bank of the Internet. Mm -hmm. You're like, "Mm," like, do they have like, is there cousin a prince in South Africa that has also asked you to wire money? Like, did you vet them? Like, you know, I always get a little weird, like leery and weary of those. But like I would say about. 50-50, 50-50, like it really depends on the buyer and, you know, what level of buyer they are. Right. But Absolutely. Or, if they're the kind that's going to need their hand held, yeah. Rocket Mortgage is probably not the lender for them. Right. Like you need somebody that you can sit across from in person and we'll walk you through it. Right. Like the internet thing is not going to work for you right. as a buyer. If well, you're very type A business, you can probably get away with a little bit more internet-based yeah. kind of thing, but... Yeah. And I just I feel like it's just it's just a difference in, you know, personality. And I feel like it's just at the end of the day, like agents are not. I mean, well, that's not true. Myself and I know you as an agent, if I'm going to immediately get a kickback for that amount. Yeah. I mean, if we you even we offer dis- me a kickback amount. Yeah. We cause... disclose it. We have to if they end up doing the deal and then all of a sudden they're like disclose like, hey, you're getting a kickback. Like, well, crap like I I will immediately just say assign it to the assign it to my buyer yeah see and I won't I just won't do it and I did a video about it the other day because for me it just shows if you're a lender or affiliate of any kind and you're having to give a kickback then it just tells me that you're not good enough at your job to get clients based on merit well and this like this lender didn't even tell me until like the day of closing they're like oh well you're gonna get this and I was like uh you can go ahead and sign that to the buyer like mm-hmm. I didn't disclose it I'm I don't want it like no. it, I mean electric companies are like horrible about that ADT security I, oh gosh oh they're like the worst oh and then my oh mm. when they call and they're like hey I couldn't find your client's information can you give that I'm like yeah. no I'm like, I could but no I'm not I'm like no that's a confidentiality oh, they're not thing. they're not interested in security well, I don't if know. If they are, they can do their diligence and find it. They I haven't mean, mentioned it to me. Sorry. Yeah. I you mean, know, like they call after closing and like the day of closing. Yeah. And it's I'm, insane. And I'll tell my clients like, hey, they called if you want me to give them your information. But here's their information. Mm-hmm. Like I will never, ever offer my clients information. No, ever. I don't care if it's a $50 Visa gift card or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm not. I will not recommend somebody that is giving me a kickback because then when they mess up inevitably Mm -hmm. because everybody has bad days and there's going to be one at some point that your client is unhappy with it makes it look bad on you because you look like you just recommended them because Mm -hmm. you got something out of it yep like if I recommend somebody it is truly because I think they're the best at what they do well and I think the best for that client and that's why when Power to Choose became so popular, like that's all I give my clients now. Mm-hmm. And Texas is deregulated. It's not, you know, where I'm from, it was you got this power company. You were Dominion Power. That was it. That was mm-hmm. your jurisdiction. So we're deregulated. So there's a thousand power companies and it's all it's all a farce anyway, because it's all coming from Encore. Right. But and they'll ask me, Well, who do you use? And I say, I use Reliant. I've used Ambient in the past. I use Reliant because at the time they offered a really good rate. You need to do your research. Mm-hmm. Um, power to choose gives you a lot of good information. It can be very overwhelming, but you know, do right. your research into individual individual plans because you're paying per kilowatt. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, you're just paying per kilowatt. 
And I'm, you know, I, at this, it's just for me, I just don't find it to be useful in any way. And it's home warranties are the same way, giving kickbacks. I'm like, right. I don't want your kickback. No. I want you to not deny my client's claim because. Yeah, when it's a million <laughs> degrees in July and their yeah. AC goes out, I want you to fix it within like 24 hours, not like 80 hours later, yeah, a week later, stayed in a hotel because they've got an infant screaming and sweating. Right. And Inevitably, like, that's the case. Yeah, and, I don't and then care you if deny it's a 13 anyway. month warranty. Well, if you're not going to cover anything, it really doesn't matter if it's two months or 13, does it? No. Like, I just, it's just I don't know. I think that that is such a it Kickbacks in general are, are crap. And, mm-hmm. and I am always leery of when big box brokerages as part of the offer they have to disclose that they have an msa with a Mm -hmm. with a and they'll say you know we aren't receiving compensation right like i get that but it's like then why have the msa right what is the the point of what's the point yeah maybe that agent's not getting a kickback but the broker somebody is yeah somebody is is getting a kickback for being the preferred whatever or when they own their own title company or they own their own Mm -hmm. mortgage company or whatever somebody's hand is getting greased in that whole deal and it like gives me the ick so i'm like if i and in a situation where me recommending this person to you forces me to sign an agreement and mm-hmm. you sign an agreement that I'm getting paid extra for it, it's probably not the right recommendation. Yeah. Like I just. Well, and, and if it's part of the transaction that my seller has to pay the home warranty mm-hmm. many times it and do I let the buyer pick 99 percent of the time? Yeah, but if I have to have my client sign an MSA, I tell that seller, what what home warranty do you want them to have? Mm-hmm. And buyer's agents get pissed, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but you have an MSA in your, in your brokerage, and my client is paying for it. Mm-hmm. It's my client's decision then. If your client wants to pay for it, they can pick whatever home warranty they want. That's the beauty and the art of negotiation. Right. Same with title policy. You want to use... ABC title, if my client is paying for it, we're going to go ahead and use this title company. Mm-hmm. Or you can turn in your earnest money at that title company, but the policy is going to come from this title company. Right. And that, yeah. I mean, that's that's a part of the contract that people don't even understand. It Most can be. agents don't understand the contract. That's period. a whole other topic for a whole other episode. But, I mean, I would say probably 65% of agents I come in contact with don't understand no the contract no and you know they think as long as they fill in blanks they're good but they don't understand how the different paragraphs work together or cancel each other out yeah they don't you know, and they don't understand title no and, but then they want to argue with you when you point stuff out and, and it's super fun yeah and I had an agent argue with me and and she screenshotted something and I know it came from her broker um but it was about title policy and I said are there I asked if there was deed restrictions and she said she said no, and this person had bought this land was subdividing it out, and you can put deed restrictions on afterwards. Mm-hmm. I said, well, she said there was nothing in the title policy. And I said, deed restrictions aren't always in the title policy. Mm-hmm. And she screenshots me this thing that says deed restrictions are included in the title policy. I'm like, deed restrictions are not always included in the title policy. It is up to the title company to voluntarily give those to you. That mm-hmm. It is... A sometimes case it is not right. an always case right and I and 
I, it was one of those like I'm not going to go to battle on this. Yeah, I'm like, not. I'm not. Not today, Satan. Not yeah, today. My clients I feel were like, like I have a lot of those moments lately. My, like yeah. Well, in my client, do I want this to be the thing that sets me off? Well, and it's like I, you know, I'm not going to further educate you on why mm-hmm. that's not the case. You went to your broker. It was the right thing. Your broker gave you this information. I'm just going to walk away. I'll just, you know. I'll I can't do, help it if you want to be wrong. Yeah. I'll do my buyer <laughs> due diligence for mine and I'll contact a title company and ask them if there's any deed restrictions or I'll call the county. But I'm just like, it's fascinating to me that, um, you know, that was their first response. Like, oh, there's nothing in their title commitment. Kay. That wasn't really the question. That wasn't. But <laughs> thank you for that information. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thanks for answering the question I didn't ask. Yeah. So I'm just, it's just, it's so interesting to me. And there's so many classes. I mean, any title company, you could go to them and any title company is going to offer a title commitment class. Well, and really, if you are a new agent and your broker doesn't immediately sit you down for a full in-depth review of all of our major contract forms... To like go paragraph by paragraph, line by line, Exhaustingly to explain. So. Yes, I mean, I think you know my manual on that is like eighty pages. Yeah, and if they're not really educating you on the contract, you're with the wrong broker, or that broker doesn't fully expect you to even write deals, and they don't care if you do. Yeah, you know, so doesn't really matter to them. No, but if that's not like step number one. Yeah, I would be leery as a new agent because you as a new agent, you have no idea what you're filling out. No. And the like, forms just changed again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Set to take place. What? Like February 1st, they go into effect. First or the fifth, something like that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, it just, they're for voluntary use right now. It's like voluntary is like, just use it now. Yeah. Just, just get use used it, now. To it now. Just yeah. get used to filling out the new blanks. Yeah. Like, but I mean, we're doing our class on that next Thursday. But, yeah, if they're not continuously training you on the different contracts and, like, new addenda come out every year. Oh, all the time. And so if you're not constantly getting an update, here's the new addenda, here's, like, step-by-step what it's for. Like, that appraisal addendum, holy shit, when that came out, like, agents lost their damn mind. I saw so many of those completed on cash deals, Mm -hmm. on VA, and I'm like, WTF is this? Yeah. And... Like, the agent are like, well, they want to protect their their value, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, um, it specifically says. For conventional. Conventional only. Like, and an option two makes no freaking no, sense. No. Like, like, I have to have was, someone double check that math all the time because I'm like – I'm like, okay, so like let's yeah. do the let's do the backwards math that to make this work. Right. Because it really it's, should be phrased way better. I really feel like they were like lawyers got to, us with yeah, that. Lawyers got together and like, how can we best confuse them? Yeah. Like, how can we end up with a lot of them in contractual disputes right. in one document? For funsies. Yeah, just for fun. For funsies. Yeah, it's not really... Wait, and also some of those are going to end up in lawsuit because that's extra money. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, we can make bank off of this if we confuse them first. (laughs) And then brokers aren't really explaining it to their agents anyway. And then there's going to be a class on it. And, you know, 20% of those teachers are teaching it wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you call the hotline and the TR hotline 
also won't explain it to us because they don't represent us. And then you call Trek and they say, well, that's not what we intended. So then you're really in Mm -hmm. a shit storm in the middle of a hurricane with tornadoes and lightning hitting you. (laughs) And when the buyer's agent also doesn't understand that that difference in appraised value they have to come up with at closing, closing. then they argue with the listing agent like, oh, well, you know, I said that she had the liquidity, but she doesn't have the amount of money to come up with the difference. What the hell did you think I was asking you when I asked you specifically (laughs) if your client had the liquidity to make up that difference? Like, what... Did you did you think I meant was I asking if she was hydrated like like what the hell where where were where did we go wrong where yeah, did we go like, wrong I just I I I feel like sometimes I'm on candid camera just to see if I'm going to turn into like the angry bird or not like I, just through the course <laughs> of the day am I going to completely lose my shit what's that movie like inside out or whatever where yes. it's like the anger is where like he turns fire? into the flames yeah, yeah that's me like I feel that like is, my hair is already I send a good that sign gift. of that I send yeah. that gift so often it's not even funny like it's just I mean there's so many forms that I'm just like that's not filled out right yeah and it's like I saw I don't know which group it was in But then sometimes you're like, okay, it's not really, I mean, I know that that agent just filled that form out completely wrong and did not protect his client, but it's also not my fiduciaries to my client. Right. So it's not my job to call you and say, hey, do you know you didn't fill this out? It doesn't best right, Especially if I'm the selling agent, mm -hmm. if I'm the listing agent and it benefits my client better it's not my job to correct you you have compliance Mm -hmm. at your brokerage or you should and you have a broker if you weren't sure you should go to them and the one that catches people all the time is the HOA addendum Mm -hmm. it gets people all the time because I can't tell you how many times I see you know that it'll be and I'll do it on my end if I have a buyer but I'll if I'm the listing agent and I see that they put a hundred dollars yeah I'm like, no, no, the transfer fees are yeah. this. There's a working capital fee of $1,600 in this yeah. neighborhood that you just put them on the hook for. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like the transfer fee is $375, and then you have to get the docs transferred over, mm-hmm. which is another $150. So my client's not going to pay that. So your $100 that you, your buyer's willing to pay mm-hmm. is not going to cut it because my right. client is going gonna, is, is gonna to have issues. Yeah. Yeah. That one... Is that but the way I feel hard. like I feel like sometimes the broker lawyer committee just decides to mess with the documents. Like, eh, we haven't messed with this one in a while. Yeah. Like let's let's really fuck them up here. You yeah. know, and like the verbiage on a lot of things in the contract seems to make less and less sense. I'm like well, and then our can Emma- we just have contracts for dummies? Yeah. Because well, if you're like gonna keep pushing pushing agents through like a conveyor belt and giving them their license without any knowledge, you need to dumb it down. Yeah. Because otherwise we're going to have a whole lot of issues. Well, and Um, it doesn't help that our MLSs and, you know, we're belong, we belong to multiple, our MLSs don't necessarily coincide with the contract either. So like, this is one of the things that just irks me when we talked about this, like leases and not having like short term rentals on there. And so just say they added all the mineral rights and the oil gas reserves. Like, that's fantastic that we actually put that on the contract. Mm-hmm. But then in most of the MLSs, there's nothing 
in there except for maybe one box that says reserves or reserves partial. But it doesn't have anything about is there a gas pipeline through there? (laughs) Like there's nothing about any of that other stuff that now we have a responsibility to in the contract that then transfers into MLS as a searchable thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, well, then this information is fact finding and pulling teeth sometimes to get. And it's just it's so frustrating. It's Mm -hmm. like if. We could all just like play nice in the sandbox. Yeah, if we could all get on the same page, that, that would be, would be really, really great. great. That'd be that'd be neato. Yeah, like if you would put all the information into the MLS that I'm actually going to need to even just write the offer, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, maybe if there's mineral rights involved, put that in the added documents, like what the terms are. Yeah, like you know, yeah. I just, just all all of the things just. Yeah. If you could make it easier and just do your job, as, do a good job as a listing agent. And I get that sometimes stuff takes time. Like I will list stuff as, and I will put in agent remarks, HOA docs are on order. Mm-hmm. Because often I'll have my clients like go ahead and order their HOA right. docs and I'll just get that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We can hand it over to the title company. It's not ordered twice. It's just done. But because people want to read the dang HOA docs. So it's yeah, like, they want to know what's they going wanna on. They want to know what's going on. Well, I just had one. Um, and the agent, it was an estate deal. The agent put the wrong person as having legal ability to sell the house. Had the wrong person sign all the docs. And then proceeded to be a total ass throughout the whole transaction And I just kind of let it slide because I'm like, okay, well, if I need an out pretty much through this entire process at any given time. It's the wrong person. Yeah, you've got the wrong seller on the deal, so I can automatically pull out and get earnest money back. Mm -hmm. You didn't have legal ability to sell the property. Right. Um, And didn't catch it till the very end and then had an attitude with me about something like because we needed an extension because he didn't get the roof put on. But And I was like... And he made a comment about how my client had to wait or she'd lose her earnest money anyway. I said, no, friend, you don't have the right seller still on the contract. I brought this up to you two weeks ago. You never sent an amendment. It's not my problem. You know, so if she wants to pull out the day of closing, unless or until there's an amendment done with the correct person as the seller. You're done, friend. Yeah. I mean, like, it just, I mean, I would think that's step number one. Yes. Make sure you have the correct person, mm-hmm. either as your buyer or seller. Yep. Step one. Yeah, I always like, and I get that it can get complicated with the states, probate, all that thing. But with your buyers, right. I always ask them, hey, I need to see a copy of your ID yeah. or whatever. I need to use your full legal name. Like, right. how does it present God, on your I'm license? I'm so happy that I don't use my full legal name on I any know. contracts because my two-line driver's license that, name would God. just... My hand would cramp. I'd have like carpal tunnel. It would be awful at signing. Oh, it's bad at signing when they I have to sign like my full, my yeah. full name. Or when it's like when it's a POA situation, oh, and you ha- and yes, they're signing their full for- legal name, and it's like like my full, full legal name, name is for yeah words. P- yeah, well, and then so, it's POA yeah. for, and then their full legal name. Yeah, and no. I, I've had to do that for Will, and I'm 
I don't ever sign my husband's name. Yeah. Like not not in cursive. No. And no, so we're I'm not like, in middle school. I'm like struggling. I'm yeah. like, I'm on the struggle bus. I'm like, what so is sorry. his middle name? Does it have one L, two L? Yeah. I don't know. You're like, like, I just. I don't know. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's no. No, that's a lot of what, what not to do. Yeah. Like, don't sign up for a POA if you're. The other party has a very long name. Yeah. Just do a mail-out closing. Yeah. <laughs> like, figure it out some other way. Yeah. You'll be miserable. Yeah, 100%. Uh, or, like, when it's an estate, so-and-so signing for the estate of yes. so-and-so, you're like, oh, dear God. Yeah, but that's better than the one that I have that has eight because they won't assign – they don't – they will not assign, assign an executor. So all eight of them have to sign everything. I feel like those are deals that I just have to look at and like walk away, like another <laughs> not today Satan moment. Yeah. Because trying to get eight people to agree on anything and then it's to schedule to be anywhere at the same time to sign on anything. And lot. then I just have to look at it from like, okay, what kind of stress level do I need to invite into my yeah. whole world? Luckily, they're super easy, but it's not always the case. It's never been the case when I've had to deal with an estate of more than, like, two siblings. There's always one who feels like they should be getting more out of the deal or, yeah, you know, mom liked you better, so she gave you this cash in addition to, like, yeah. this house that we're now splitting, and it just... That's true. There are... I mean, I've had ones like so that, but messy. this one, at least this one, is pretty solidly easy. Yeah. I mean, they're... I mean, super knowledgeable, so that's helpful. I mean, but. I know there's a lot of agents that make their whole business on, like, divorce and death mm -hmm. and buddy up. But I'm like, of all the, like, ways to make your business, like, we've established I'm not an emotional girl. So I can't imagine, like, yes, sign me up for the two most emotional kinds of transactions that can happen. Yeah. Please. Yes, 100%. Yeah, please put that on me like where I'm having to console and give endless hugs and like check in on their emotional state not yeah. just like how are you feeling about the process most I of mean, my divorces have been have been easy I mean easy I mean personality wise dealing with the transaction I've been fair I mean I've had my few that have been really really out there but I've had um I've had pretty good luck recently with the, my divorces like usually by the time I get it like it's just they're mm -hmm. like they've gone their separate ways like they're just done oh, at that no. point but it, I've had definitely ones where you know they have restraining orders on each other so like I showed up to the property to be with the sheriff and things happened that shouldn't have happened Jeez. I had one one time and it was a husband and wife he left her for the neighbor across the street and had moved his stuff across the street and so it was a very, like, out of the blue thing and also took their vehicle. So for a while, she was borrowing one of my vehicles to get around because she called me sobbing in the back of an Uber because she travels a lot for work. So she just didn't have – they only needed one vehicle. Yeah. It was the worst. That's awful. Ever. I mean, like, and we get to closing and I, of course, attended both – with yeah. each party. Well, he went first. So when she got to closing and saw his signature already on the documents, it was horrific. Like, and you know me, I'm not 
I'm not equipped to handle that. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Is this a hug moment? Like, yeah, you know, like trying to console somebody when like I'm on her side. I just want to knee them in the balls. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was I could I don't think I could do just a ton of divorce things mm-hmm. if I don't know somebody well. Like, I feel like that's kind of like the ambulance chaser attorneys. Right. Like, hey, let me make some money off of you in your time of grief. Like, I I don't know. I just, I'm not, not looking for that. If it's somebody that I know that I've worked with in the past that had a life change, it's different. Yeah. But when you just call after somebody's business because they're going through something that heavy. Yeah. It just feels wrong to me. Well, and it takes time to like divorces take a while to settle. So if you're chasing them because you got their information from the court, and whatever like they're not they've mm-hmm. they filed they're not even they're not well, sometimes even. it's the attorneys that yeah. set it up but then yeah. like, the attorney wants their cut out of it and i'm like yeah mm, is this really worth it it just yeah. and that's i mean that's a whole different thing so it's just i mean but and every divorce is a delicate situation so it's just and it's where they are in the process mm-hmm. and how ugly and the kids involved and how and, kind of disconnected they already are right because sometimes they're totally you know, disconnected from each other. They're like, yeah, this was just the last hurdle and then we're completely done with each other. And yeah. Peace out, deuces. Yeah. But then sometimes, like, one party or the other is just not there and it, it yeah. takes a lot. It takes a lot of emotional yeah. baggage yeah. to deal with. Yeah. Oh, God. We'll do them. Don't don't prefer them. Yes, 100%. So if everybody could just stay married, that'd be great. <laughs> there's, there's therapy for that. Yeah. Yeah, well, then I had one that with some like old friends of mine and they divorced and I hadn't talked to her. She was in a friend group that I had a long time ago that I kind of cut out cause we just, you know, it was a friendship for a season, not for life. Mm-hmm. And, um, her husband called when they started going through a divorce. Well, she got pissed that I was representing him in selling their house. So like she made it difficult through title. She had an attitude at title, like, everything was just such an ordeal. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be like this. Like, you're out there professing how over him you are. Right. So, like, just... Like, be done. Well, and it's not like I swooped in when I found right. out y'all were divorcing. I didn't know. I hadn't talked to you for years. Right. You know, it just, it makes it awkward when... Very. It doesn't always need to be awkward yes. for us too, because then, especially when we get drug into the middle of fights, it's like that TikTok where it's like on one person who's watching two people fight and it's yes. like a tennis match. Yes. That's how it feels sometimes when yes. you get the passive aggressive text from the other spouse. Well, can you tell so-and-so blah, blah, blah. And yeah. you're like, can yeah. this text not go? Do y'all not have the family wizard app yeah. where you can, you can text safely or whatever yeah. it is? I'm like, I don't want to be the middleman between. Yeah this yeah let, that's why you hired attorney your attorney is your middleman like let's get on an email chain with the attorneys like, and i don't get paid by phone call like the yeah. attorney does right i mean could you imagine how much we would make if we did way more i mean yeah thomas j henry would have nothing on us because <laughs> i feel like <laughs> with the volume of business that you and i both do and the amount of phone calls and if we could bill by our 15 minute increments I would be retired now. Yeah. I feel like I would be in the Caribbean or somewhere mm-hmm. on an island and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Work on that. Yeah. hundred, 
hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then after hours billing. Yeah. One of my, uh, one of my, uh, clients, speaking of attorneys, wanted to go after a production builder for something. And, um, and I told, it was like a warranty item and mm-hmm. it wasn't getting completed and it was a disaster and it was a disaster. And I get that. Um, and they wanted to go after the, and I said, look, I'm not, I'm not being an, an asshat here, but like you guys have closed. Technically my fiduciary duty is done, but if you want to go after them, anybody that's a big name, you need to, you need to hire a bulldog. Mm-hmm. So she sent me some information and I saw who the production builder's attorney was. And I was like, I, I was very quiet Mm-hmm. at first and I said I don't know how to tell you this but I can tell you I know of these attorneys they are in Washington DC and they are known as the K Street attorneys and that is where a lot of very 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 powerful attorneys mm-hmm. operate I said you need to hire a team of attorneys to take them up Um, and I said, and if they're on K or I street, they are very powerful. And I said, they will just go round and round and round with you. And this will be a hundred thousand dollar minimum. Right. And I'm saying, I'm not telling you not to do it. Mm -hmm. If like you feel the need to do it, I'm just telling you that you are probably needing to go to a larger city, Mm -hmm. not a, not a Waco based attorney. You need to go to a larger city to take this up with these attorneys. I said, and that's the thing. Attorneys like that will drag it out just to bankrupt you. Mm -hmm. They may know they'll lose in the end if you can afford to keep up the fight, but how many people can? Yeah. And at that point, is it, and I, and it, it just wasn't something that I, I wasn't going to advise them or tell them one way or the other, but I just told, all I said to them was you need to be, you need to go in powerful. And they ended up, I think they ended up at the end, like starting a conversation and the attorney, I think, told them that it wasn't at the end of the day going to mm-hmm. be worth it for them monetarily. It would be cheaper for them just to fix the fix on their own, even mm-hmm. though that really And it sucked. sucks that, that that is the oh, way it is 100%. most of the time. The but builders really, should have made it right. Yeah. But and they were fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. And it just, it is what it is. But, but it is, it is. It is interesting to see how they bill because I did see like she's forwarded me something and it was mm-hmm. like it was phone calls were billed one way and emails were billed another way. And it was just like research time and then paralegal time. And it was just like all of it was like in five to 15 minute increments. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, you know, at 375, like every 15 minutes, you're like, holy smokes. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just you're like fact-finding conversation and you're like, how do we move forward? Just your first initial contact with this attorney was mm-hmm. like seven grand. Yeah. Like, those aren't the dollars I want to spend, friend. Like, No, no. I mean, it's got to be a really big, big deal. Yeah, for at sure. At this point. And most of the time, those builders, their contracts are so locked up tight on... Yes. Giving them every, 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 every out in helping you. That's why they that, hire the attorneys they hire. Right. So it's just not worth it most of the time. But it's, but I was just, I just remember seeing that bill and I was like, holy crap. I was like, yeah. good God. 
So, but yes, if we got and they get paid that whether they win or lose. Like we only get paid if we win. (laughs) If something actually closes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I should have just stuck with it and gone to law school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you would have been. It would have been a bulldog. You would have been a bulldog. Yeah, probably so. But my blood pressure would be higher. And yes, and I don't really look really all that good in pantsuits. Yeah. I mean, I know there's some on, like, social media now that are kind of bucking that trend. Oh, yeah. But for sure. The pink, the pink attorney. Yeah. Which I don't think I could take that serious. Like, if I'm going through the steps of hiring an attorney. And on Wednesdays, they wear pink. I almost (laughs) want one that looks like Hillary Clinton and, like, (laughs) bulldog-ish versus, like, the Barbie girl that, you know, is working me in in between Botox and lip injections. Like, I want the one that looks like they live, breathe, and will die in their office. In the courtroom, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, I don't know. Maybe I'm superficial like that. I don't know. I think it depends. I think it's Like, I can tell by that dye job that you have to spend a lot of time at the salon. That's a box dye. No, like, some of them that are even higher maintenance than me, I'm like, I know that between the hair, the nails, the lashes, the tan, the lips, and all of it that you're spending like hours a week at the salon. So that just tells me that you're not spending hours like in the office because, you know, it's like Elle Woods almost (laughs) on Legally Blonde. I'm like, I know what all that takes to maintain. So, and I know salons aren't open after like 8 PM at night. So I know that you're doing that during daytime hours, which means you're not working on my case. (laughs) You know, like I made like the worst client ever. I'm like, so is this going to be done between eight and five or is this like, what is this? When can I talk to you? Yeah, exactly. Can, I mean, I can hear the hair dryer going in the background, yeah. which leads me to believe you're at the salon, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> I'm sure it's confidential. Yeah, 100%. Not, not as soon as you hang up, like, she's telling the hair yeah. stylist, oh, my God, girl, I've got this neurotic-ass <laughs> client who's driving me crazy. crazy. That would be me. <laughs> but my attorney's pretty good about dealing with me. But he's a guy, so. Yeah, also very different. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of short and sweet, and he he understands my... My neurotic tendencies, and he doesn't bill me extra for it, so. It's not a therapist. Yeah. (laughs) They'll bill you extra for it. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine if I actually went to a therapist what I'd be spending. (laughs) Like, I'm not equipped to handle all your head case issues. Like, like, are we on work mode, or are you needing? Which kind of therapy are you needing? Let's start there. Yeah. 